Does your dating life suck? We get it. How about we change it with a good meal and someone nice to talk to? That should cheer you up. Time to find out how easy it really is on the It's Just Dinner podcast. Now here are your hosts with all of your dating answers, Tom Robinson and Bob Walls. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of the It's Just Dinner podcast, where we're changing the dating culture one episode at a time. I'm your host, Tom Robinson, and like always, in a nice blazer again, my dressing up, Bob dressing Walls. up for the show today. We got guests in the studio, and I'm do. trying to impress them. We do. We have two two young women in yes, here speaking for all the women in the yes. entire world. Well, we're glad to have them. It's nice to see you. It's nice to see you too. It's nice but to be here. Now, did you notice that we are headlined in the Daily Universe? I noticed that we made the big how, time. How the about universe. that? Woo-hoo. And so, for all of those that are listening out there, go yes. on the Daily Universe and look go us up. Go find the Daily Universe. They, Where do you find that now? Is it in the in the stacks? Online. 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 The universe Online, I think they call yeah, it. Now. Just look. Just do a search for "It's Just Dinner" and yeah. you'll find us. Yes, I, I noticed that they quoted you throughout that, and then they said, "And uh, Robert Walls also was on the podcast." <laughs> <laughs> I talked to the lady for like half an hour. I, know, I apparently I didn't say, give her one thing that she could that she use could in quote that. From you. And now Robert that, Walls is also not, on the podcast. That's not true. She she quoted you. <laughs> I, so she quoted you, me saying, you, yeah, Tom, Tom is the host. <laughs> so <laughs> that, that was my quote. If you want to read all about us and all the great things we do yes. on the podcast, go to that article. It's mm-hmm. kind of fun. Yes, it we is. Don't, we don't get headlined in the Well, in we don't. As much as we should, considering the benefit that we provide to society here. I know because we're changing the dating the culture un- one episode at a time. The unsung heroes of the dating culture. You know, That's sitting us. right next to you is on our engineering board. Yes, Sophia. Sophia, welcome again. Good Thank to see you. you. It's good to be back. Good yes. to see you. She makes this all possible. She pushes does. the right buttons. She pushes all of the right buttons there she on does. the screen and, and makes us look beautiful on. She does, on well. By the way, you can go to our YouTube channel and watch this. In live fact, jump over right now and. Check it out, yeah, because we're much better looking on in video yeah, than we are in audio. Not. Maybe just stick with the audio. <laughs> All right. Well, Bob, you brought us a guest. I today. do. We have a guest here today. I would like to introduce Salem Volulis. Salem is a BYU student who's just getting ready to graduate in English. Yes. Hi, Correct. everybody. Glad to be here. Ah, welcome, we're Salem. We're glad to have her. She's from Ohio. Yes. And she and I have been working together for about the past year or so on what's called the Outreach and Inclusion Club. Oh, very cool. Yes, we've which, been doing it for, yeah, about a year. Which is a lot of fun. She's been the president of the club. She's been incredible. In fact, I've threatened to try to fail her so, she'd so that she'd around? have to stick around because <laughs> she's going to leave and go back to Ohio and hang out with her family or some darn thing. Uh, and then nobody pursue. needs that. Well, we need her here. That's we right. Her parents That's right. need her, but we you need know, her You know, we do more. have a really good master's program. I have told she her this many times. She has made this very aware to okay. me. Yeah. I, we'll I, see. Maybe in a couple of years. Yes. Got to take some time off. Okay. Yes, cool. but the Outreach and Inclusion Club, what we've worked on is a project with the Utah Hazara Association where we've befriended refugees from Afghanistan oh, okay. who have been, come here under political asylum. And Salem has just been spectacular to work Thank with. You. and And so it's been really fun. But during our conversations, many conversations, we had a discussion about dating, yes. and you mentioned isn't to me. It, by the way, isn't it funny how often you and I have discussions about dating with people about dating? <laughs> it's kind of my students are so tired of hearing about. Yeah, kind kind of weird. <laughs> it always just seems to come up, though. I don't know. You know, it probably comes up like this. Oh, by the way, by the I way. do a podcast with Tom Robinson. <laughs> You know about, him. You know about him, right? changing the dating culture one episode at a time. You have know? you heard the host? Yes, Tom have Robinson. you heard Tom Robinson? Um, as as quoted in the Daily Universe. <laughs> um, anyway, Salem and I were talking, and she said that at one time she had written a an article in one of her classes 
about uh, social media and its impact on marriage and dating. Is that, am I getting that correctly? Yeah, so not necessarily social media, but more of like entertainment and television. I did a whole piece on kind of the effects on um, Utah women Mm -hmm. and how the perceptions of media and what they were portraying love to be like and the way it trickled down to young girls was affecting kind of the divorce rates and how people were perceiving how relationships should be versus the reality of what they actually should look like. Interesting. And, And so what was your conclusion on this? So, well, it kind of started because I was watching Grease, and it just really upset me. <laughs> well, that will, up, that will upset me. <laughs> well, no, I watch Grease. <laughs> well, I was watching Grease, and I was like, wow. It's Sandy, right? I'm doing yes. that right. Sandy, she changes her entire self for this yes. person, and it's portrayed as this beautiful and great yeah, thing and great relationship. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what is this really teaching young girls? So in a class, we were right. asked to write an assignment. I just started doing all this research. And then it kind of got me into, okay, like, why are divorce rates so high? Let's think about this. And kind of the conclusion I came to is we have such a perfect, like, perception of love being this very passionate, strong thing, and it should overtake everything. Right. And I kind of researched into... Like, what's the difference between passionate love and compassionate love? And why certain couples stay together? And why do certain couples say they fall out of love? And as you read into more into it, it's really passionate love is supposed to be the transition for couples to make commitments to fall into more of a compassionate, long-lasting oh, love. Interesting. Right. But what happens is because so many people only understand love to be passionate, they think that once that starts to transition out, that they're falling out of love. Right. And so my conclusion was to invite women to make decisions about their future, thinking about the end goal and not just thinking about these like emotions in the beginning. Right. Um, so that way, when it kind of does fade out, they're with a partner that wants to fall into a right. compassionate role and that they fit mm-hmm. with. This sounds like a lot of, like the Great Kiss Debate. Oh, I've heard about the Great Kiss Debate. Well, and, 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 and see, don't doesn't listen to Tom, even though that he's more quoted on this than well, I am. And you, well, and, and you, what she's saying right now, it goes right into your wheelhouse there. It, it does, exactly. That's why I invited her on the show, because we're, we're <laughs> you're, like-minded you're trying to, What do you think I was going to sh- bring somebody on here? Show me up one more somebody time. Bring somebody on here who agrees with you? What do you, what do you think? <laughs> uh, and so... Uh, you know, so this is interesting to put in the context of kind of where we're working. I think this is how this debate came up because we work with the Hazara who are Muslims. Mm-hmm. So they follow Islam. There's 72 different factions within oh, Islam. Okay. Yeah. And so the Hazara have their own particular religious beliefs that are a little different than the others. But one of our good friends on that that we've met is Dr. Ali. Mm-hmm. And he's got a PhD from the University of Utah. He immigrated maybe 10 years ago yeah. or so from Afghanistan. And so, uh, you know, he's done really well in our culture here. And so we put on a big event and we invited the members of the Utah Hazara Association to come to the Hinckley Building. Okay. And we matched them up with BYU students who work with them to mentor them to help them get into college. Okay. okay. They, they came from a culture where many of the women were forbidden education. Right. Because right. the Taliban doesn't al- allow that. And so this is a new transition for them. And so it's been an amazingly good program. But uh, as we were talking with Dr. Ali... He asked me, he said, can I hold my wedding here at the Hinckley Center? <laughs> I said, sure. Yeah, yeah, you know, why not? It was a beautiful spring day. You know what spring is like? You, you really got yeah, caught yeah. up in the whole Something thing. Well, yeah, I did. So, you know, it's got the backyard and everything. I said, sure, you know, that's fine. I said, I, I didn't know that uh, that you were engaged. And he said, oh, oh I'm not. Uh-huh. And I said, well, I, I didn't know that you had a, a girlfriend. He said, well, I don't. <laughs> and I said, okay. But, but you're talking about, you know, getting married at the Hinkley Center. the story and, here. And, and he said, so how it works in our religion is my parents will find my wife. And okay. so they have arranged marriages still today in their culture. 
And so it's kind of interesting when we look at that in, so, so in our tradition, in the American, you know, North uh, European tradition, right. you meet someone, you fall in love with them, and then you get married. And, right. and in the Islamic tradition and in the Hindu tradition, mm-hmm. your parents meet somebody who makes a good match, you get married, and then you fall in love. Interesting. So in their tradition, love comes after mm-hmm. marriage. And, and so you, you, you fall in love by working together as you build a family. And, and that's where the love comes from. So you just hope that your parents Choose are, well. are, are, are good choosers. <laughs> now, what, you what if your podcast host found someone for you? Oh, <laughs> I, well, hypothetically. I, I would just say like this, are, are you a Muslim? <laughs> You want to convert to Islam? She's it like, depends how cute he is. <laughs> He's engaged. Yeah. She recently got engaged, actually. I yeah, Dr. His, Ali yeah, did. Dr. Ali did. He, well, they found somebody mm-hmm. for, for him, and so I guess we're... So we what's the end of the story? So, so the conclusion he, here... Did, he, did he like this girl, the woman? Well, I don't know if he likes her oh, or not. He it doesn't matter. Man. Oh. The thing is... <laughs> Well, they're going to get married, well, no, and then I mean, he's going to learn to love her because they're going to be working together right, to solve the problem of creating a family. But you can tell right away. I mean, we said oh, it, only, it only takes 26 minutes. Did, did he minutes. tell you? Um, I met her and them together, and they seemed They, they seemed, seemed to be hitting it off. Yeah, they seemed great. So let well, me ask you this, Bob. Yeah. It, does the 26-minute hitting the spark thing count when you're... When you're betrothed, I, you know, I, that's just a really good question. Do you hope that you hit the 26 c- minute c- mark? Because many times they don't see their face in traditional uh, Islamic and Hindu marriages until they pull back that veil Whoa. at the wedding. That's kind of like the, that's kind of like the COVID thing. Well, yeah, Where everybody I mean, was wearing know, masks, masks. You never, and you knew, never what, knew what they were what like. They actually looked but, like. But but see, I think this lends into what our discussion is here, and and that is that there are a lot of false monikers of love. Mm-hmm. And so you can fall in love with someone temporarily because of very different reasons, Mm -hmm. but is that strong enough to sustain 30, 40, 50 years of being with someone? Mm -hmm. And so if I can interpret what you were saying in your research, it is many times that we fall in love with somebody and then we get married and that thing that we fell in love with is no longer there. The passion. Yeah, -hmm. Yeah, that we fall in love with the passion or, or things that are not consistent in the relationship and then we think well i'm no i'm no longer in love with this person and i think one thing is like one thing i focused on my paper is like the passion is for a reason like it helps us to commit and to get in these relationships and also to start that bond but it's just the awareness that i don't think we're taught that it changes right and i don't think it's portrayed to us specifically as i was focusing on in media that it is supposed to change Mm -hmm. and it's a natural development and i think a lot of people freak out the media tell us that it's supposed to change or the media tell us i don't think it shows us that like almost every romance movie that like generally shown to oh, women and girls, there's none of that yeah. change and no. development being happening at all. And we no, were just, you, you we were just talking about Hallmark Christmas movies. Yeah, right? oh. that's, same thing. I think that's what happens is well, they hate each other the whole show, and then right at the end, they bang. well, then they have that spark, right? And then they love each other, and then we assume they lived happily ever after, right? But the, you know, in the United States, divorce rate is more than fifty percent, so there's a lot of people who are not living happily ever after mm-hmm. and so i think it caused us to reflect on the way that we're doing this right y- y- you know and, and so you know do the hindus and do the, the muslims have a stronger bond of commitment because they the love comes after the marriage but because they don't have any false anticipation or, or maybe not or, or you know i don't know it would be interesting to research that but the thing is when you work together with someone on something there tends to be more bonding. And, and so if the two of you are unified, whether it's the, the, 
the the North American uh, Northern European tradition or the uh, the Eastern tradition. The bond comes in working together as you build a family. Okay, and, and that's a lot that we don't see that in the media, in movies, and everything. Because, for example, the one that you brought up, which was to me very d- disconcerting, because Olivia Newton-John was my girlfriend through high school. She I was, love Olivia Newton-John. Me too. So I'll just yeah. put that on record. I have both of her vinyls. Yeah, but she she didn't know that that <laughs> she was my girlfriend. Is, is this, would this be a good time <laughs> to give to, a? So don't you know? Don't I'm just letting that out now. You know, I'm just coming <laughs> out on that thing right now. Would, but would I it, loved her. Would this be a good time to propose a conspiracy theory on Greece? Always, always a good time yeah. to propose a conspiracy so theory. So here, here is the theory. You know how it ends, right? With them mm-hmm. driving off up into the sky in this car. Well, the, there's a theory, and I don't know if this is true or not, but there's a theory that when they were together in the summer and they actually died. Oh. And then and this everything was all a dream. you see is a dream, and then oh. right at the end, they are going back up to well, but, wow. but see, yeah, Because a, you think about it, the ending of that never. Well, it's it's a anything. nightmare in two ways. It's a nightmare first that she ended up with John Travolta. I mean, come on, come on, <laughs> Olivia Newton-John. I mean, come on. She do so much better. I mean, that's a solid ten with a four, maybe. You know, and and, and so that was you know the hard part of this thing, kissing that guy. I mean, that just you know. Uh, anyway, and, and so <laughs> the other side is, and she alluded to this, is that she uh, had morals, she had principles, she was looking for purpose in her life, and all of a sudden at the end she throws it away and she's wearing yeah. leather pants and smoking a cigarette. So that's why I like and, to think it was a dream. Well, let's... let's <laughs> let, not a great dream. Not a great dream, a bad, <laughs> bad dream. Um, but, but see, the message there is that you should change yourself for someone for else. For someone else. And, and I think that was a bad message. And I remember that at the time, thinking that was a bad message, mm-hmm. that relationships do not typically work well if you change your core belief system or yourself to accommodate the other person. But there, but there is, in every relationship, and you tell me if you agree, yeah. both you ladies, there is some changing and yeah, adjusting that, that's true. to the you're, person. You're, you're true. And you yeah. know the other person does things a certain way, and then you try to, to right. change the way you are, who you are. Mm-hmm. But hopefully the um, change is positive that's for a, both That are positive changes. And I think right. that's why you're not you, seeing that. And, you, and I think you said core beliefs. I don't know if you can change core morals and beliefs. Mm-hmm. Um, it certainly is not as quickly as you right. can, you know, don't leave your shoes out or... Well, yeah, know, there's a little small so. things that are going to happen in marriage. Yeah. And, and and so coming into it, I think, you know, it's a little easier for us looking back at it. I've been married 44 years at the end in August of this year. That's a, that's a long time. Well, thanks. <laughs> you know, my wife deserves a trophy. I'll tell you that. But, but uh, it's easy to look back and realize that if I met myself 44 years ago, I'm a completely different person, thank goodness, that, than yeah. I was back then. I was then. just thinking about meeting you 44 Well, I, it had been a different experience <laughs> for you, you know, but, and my wife is a different person. And so, you know, you look back, you know, we see photos and we look back at when we were first married and we think, man, we were immature little kids. You know, and you think of our thought process and the things that we did. And time, you change over time. Right. And, and you change as a couple over time. And so that you have to continually keep falling in love. But it's not the romantic love that you see in the movies. It's more of a working together and appreciation that you have for this other person. And so I think that's one of the biggest parts that we talk about in this podcast is that you have to get to know people. And getting to know a person requires you doing certain things and that's it starts with a conversation. That's right. And and so so much of our society right now, especially with the the male population, is based on 
uh, appearance and looks. Mm -hmm. So they see somebody and they fall in love with them because they've got blue eyes or they're they're tall or they're thin or whatever it is. And that is not a good identifier of a long-term relationship. And so, of course, you know, looks is a way that you, you bring in. Well, it's the first, the first level of attraction. It's, it's the first level of attraction, and it, it is important. But the most important part is when you sit down and you start having a conversation. Right. Mm-hmm. Because that's where you start to develop that foundation right. of a long-term loving relationship. Right. As we hear all the time that, you know, I didn't really like this person until I started talking to them. Right. That's, what, that's right. what It's Just Dinner is all about. Right. It's about sitting down and talking and getting to know someone right. and then you find out they have so much to offer right and and there was uh when we were serving in the ysa stakes i talked to a psychologist he said the best thing a return missionary could do was sit down and have an hour-long conversation with a woman his age that he was not attracted to hmm. B- because we have failed somewhat in our society to learn how to communicate with other people and so when you're in a non-nervous situation and you can make eye contact and you can have conversation, it develops your skills and ability to communicate. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and that's kind of where we've noticed that we're lacking not only in our culture but in the U.S. culture and the world culture is we have, we've diminished our ability to communicate face-to-face with mm-hmm. other people because we've got so many other ways of communicating now. And so, But relationship development is key in being able to talk to a person, so so tell us a little bit more more about your your findings. What what were your conclusions, or where did this all end for you? So I just kept kind of doing research. It was just kind of a simple ten page paper, so I didn't like go further with the paper besides like turning it in and getting my good grade. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but I did was just really intrigued by all these ideas and kind of pushing back on the things that I had just been like taught or absorbed over time. And I've um, kind of just like engaged in my own study. I've read some like really good books, um, kind of about the topic that have been just really helpful for me in like my personal dating life and just trying to understand because dating here is so weird. And it's like kind mm-hmm. of a lost art that people think that they're really good at, There's, but it's not really One thing you should much. know is that <laughs> it's not just weird here. It's weird everywhere. It is weird yeah. everywhere. So, but but it's uniquely weird. It's yeah. uniquely weird here. And it's also my situation, so I'm going to feel especially weird mm-hmm. about it. That right. Other people are also going to feel weird. So right. one of the most interesting books I've read, I don't know if you have guys have read it, but it's called Why Him, um, Why Him, Why Her by Helen Fisher. Okay. And she's the woman who does the algorithm for Match.com. Really? Oh, okay. And she pretty much goes into the science research about why people fall in love with certain people. And obviously she can't like specifically tell you why you're going to fall in love with someone, but it shows right. you these tendencies that people have. And for me, it was just so interesting because I think one thing people really struggle with is like rejection and like feeling rejected. But when you read this book and you realize all the things that go into connecting with people and relationships, and there's just so many things people are looking for that they're not sure yet. And that's why you start rejecting people. It kind of makes you feel better that, mm, you know, like right. certain things happen for a reason and, and it's not as personal as you think it is. And so kind of from the paper, I just kind of kept doing like my own research and stuff. I haven't had any like big. Well, what, what, what would be your advice then for young women, at least here in our culture, maybe young women all over the United States? I think it would be um, to not be afraid to date people and then just be able to make decisions as you go. Because I don't think that you should, because like there's the fear of, oh, like, well, if I fall really, can I, I can fall in love with bad people. Am I nervous about like taking chances and then getting stuck? Mine would to be um, just kind of like be yourself. It's this whole section I wrote about my paper is making sure that you're yourself in your relationship and you don't get lost. I feel like that can be a really strong thing like we saw with like Sandy mm-hmm. is getting lost. And I think those are bad signs. And so I think having a strong support system who knows you and is watching you 
through relationships to give you advice, but also just being open to like making mistakes and realizing this wasn't good for me and then reassessing and trying to um, find that right person because I think sometimes like fear can get in the way, but I think just the more aware you are in your situation and allowing like advice to happen to you. Cause like, I like wrote in the paper, I was like, if Sandy's friend had come up to her and seen her like with this whole bag of leather and this pack <laughs> of cigarettes, she's the priest's daughter. Mm. She like, I, like someone should have said to her, this is too much. Right, right, right. And so I think having those people around you, <clears throat> but also not being afraid that at some point you might get in that situation and being right. okay with like, hey, stepping out of that and just like learning and like this whole process and growing. But I'd say the best thing is to be aware and to just have people that know you to remind you of who you are as you get in and out of relationships. Mm -hmm. You know, it's uh, interesting that our guest that we had a while back, Rita Goodrow, mm -hmm. she went on 35 dates in 35 yeah, days. She and did. remember what she said was every date was about learning something about herself. Mm -hmm. Right. And so she didn't criticize the person or what they did or how he acted. It was every time was about learning something about herself. Mm hmm. And I think that's a lot of what you're saying is that we, we should go into these, learn about yourself and learn what works for you, what doesn't work for you. So I think that's really important. Because mm -hmm. what you're doing is eventually picking someone who can work with you. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, and because you want to be happy in, in your life. So it, it can get out of balance either way. Mm -hmm. where, where you In some relationships, one of the, either of the spouses is serving the other one mm -hmm. and the other one is being served right and, and typically that doesn't work very well over a long period of time because one of them is going to feel used and abused in, in that relationship and so there's a lot of red flags that can come up as you get to know people and a lot of those you can see just even on the first date yeah well we've talked about that a lot yeah mm -hmm. and, and so if you go on a first date with a young man and he's demeaning that is probably not going to right. be a connection. Mm -hmm. If all they do is talk about themselves and they're not interested in you, that really tells you. Sophia, what's your big red flag? <laughs> well, I think one thing that, that I've just been thinking about while you were talking, and I never put this together in my head until you just said this, but I think sometimes when I go on first dates or when I go on dates in general, I get so excited about getting them to like me and so I do things that I wouldn't normally do oh, okay. mm -hmm. just because I know that they might like them. And that's so exciting to get someone to try to like you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But that's not really who I am. And sometimes you can get stuck in mm -hmm. that, I think. And so some red flags, I think, and this might be what you were saying, mm -hmm. but are probably good because there'll be green flags for somebody else. I mean, there's things that you just shouldn't do. I mean, if you're a sketchy person, then that's not yeah. great. <laughs> but like like how we were talking about how you should have gum or you should have mints instead of gum and how you should wear this instead of that. It's like, right. well, if you hate gum... <laughs> or like if you hate mints, then just chew gum. Just and if chewed. someone else likes gum, like that's going to work mm -hmm. for you guys. Right, right. So I think I've just been realizing that, that you shouldn't be, like you should definitely be considerate of other people, but you should just, yeah, be more of yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because I mean, you want them to uh, fall in love with eventually you yeah. as who you are and not the fake mm -hmm. person who you, Even you've if been trained. Well, yeah. Especially yeah. that person you're yeah. trying to change into to impress them because eventually you'll fall back into who you really are. Exactly. Yeah. And then that might cause conflict right. in the and marriage. it's exhausting mm -hmm. to, to try to be someone you're not constantly right. someone oh believe me i know every day <laughs> of my life that's what I'm doing. um and so let me ask you now you sophia you grew up where i grew up in phoenix and san francisco in phoenix and san mm -hmm. francisco and you were in ohio yes okay so prior to coming mm -hmm. to this university what did you think dating was going to be like here? Or? Yeah, here. When, when you when you said, oh, I'm going to BYU, what, how did you vision your life, what dating would be like when you got here? Well, 
Wait, do you want to go first? No, you got it. <laughs> well, I just <laughs> thought... You get to think about it for a while. Yeah, please. I think it... I thought it was going to be less pressured than it was. Mm-hmm. I thought that you would go out with people and get to know people and, like, form relationships naturally. A lot of times I find, like, if you go on three dates with someone, someone will already ask you if you're, like, thinking about marrying them. Yeah. And that was the most shocking oh, thing yeah. to me that I'd ever experienced because I was like, I'm not even sure I know this person's middle name. Not, yeah. right. So <laughs> that was super weird for me. But, like, when I was younger, everyone always talked about it. And, like, all these, like, graduates from BYU were running the Young Women's and Young Men's Department. And they right. made it seem just like this place where everyone was just meeting people and you date. And then eventually there's this person that you connect with more than anyone else. And then you paired up and you carpooled yeah. out. Right. And so I thought that was kind of what this looked like. And it's very, it was very different than I expected. But also I came like heavily into college after my mission during COVID. So mm-hmm. that also changed a lot of things. So I don't know how that would have been different. But yeah, I was expecting it to be a little bit more lighthearted than it w- has been, you mm-hmm. know. Interesting. So well, I, I, I think before we get to Sophia, I think yeah. that we're, that's what we've seen throughout the nation. Yeah. Is that, mm-hmm. and, I, and again, I think Rita... Uh, said that is that they we're always looking for your your mate you're always looking for that person that you're matching up with and so you know it's one of the problems with dating is that there's so much pressure on getting married that you're kind of losing yourself in between right Mm-hmm. Sophia? So yeah, I would 100% agree with that. That's definitely not something that happens in California, <laughs> at least in my experience, mm-hmm. right? Everyone's different. But I think one thing that was different as well is I thought that everybody here, of course, there's like a couple like bad eggs, but I thought mm-hmm. that like on the most part, I would just be able to trust people just because right. everyone's so nice here and that I could just go and then I could do anything and then they wouldn't try to do anything and they wouldn't be mm-hmm. disrespectful because I could trust them. And that was very quickly <laughs> disproved. Yeah. Oh, really? And so See, that makes me really sad. Yeah. It's not the case. <laughs> so that was hard that, you know, you have to like just be on guard all of the time. Mm-hmm. And then even when you're not on guard or like even when you are on guard, and you think you're having a good time and you're trying to get to know them slowly and then they'll ask like on the first date like if you want to date them and for some people that's great like some people like that i just personally struggle with that a lot mm-hmm. so i so that, struggle with moving too quickly from just meeting to a relationship yes yeah for sure yeah but also covid right it was harder to it meet people so that's why people things. get rushed more maybe mm-hmm. Because you like can't ever meet somebody. The end, so when you the do, end of the like, world. The world may be ending. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, literally. the world might be ending. Let's try and get married. Let's get married quick. You, you would you think know, so. The way that <laughs> it goes. It, really. It's funny because uh, um, World War Two created that same. There was a lot of people who got married because they thought it was the end. Right. My, my own dad and mom got married because you know I asked my mom why did you marry dad and she'd say. Well, the war was on. (laughs) Times were different back then, you know. And and, and so, you know, it's it's very different. Society does that sometimes pushes us because Mm -hmm. of events that happen. So you can kind of see that how COVID kind of disrupted dating relationships, and we've never still really recovered from that. Where it pushed more online dating, but we still really haven't recovered from that because it kind of brought everybody back, and everybody hasn't jumped back in. Mm -hmm. Now, now, just to let you know, back in the day, your your leaders that were telling you that they were not lying to you, <laughs> because at one time it was Datarama around here. It was a lot better. It, it, you know, I didn't if, go to BYU. But. It, if you had, if you didn't have a date on a Friday and Saturday night, you were like a major loser. And so, if one girl told you no, you just ask another girl. And so, mm-hmm. every you know, dating was really. Well, we didn't have the internet, you know. We didn't have Netflix. We didn't, you know. We was barely, that, we barely had a phone. Well, yeah, we, <laughs> you know, we were driving covered wagons, you know. Uh, but you know, we didn't have a lot of those things back, you know, in the '70s and '80s. Is how old I am, and so relationships I'm were not, your inter- were your entertainment. 
Mm-hmm. And, and so you know, you'd go to dances, you'd go to places to meet people because that's how you spent your time was having conversations. And so I think technology has kind of changed that because now we've got so many other things that we can do. Mm-hmm. You're not going to be bored sitting at home looking at the wall or watching TV like you, you would have been before. Now there's a whole bunch of things that you can do. And I think that's for good and bad. And, and the bad side we've seen with it is that our experience is we've seen a lot, especially the young men, who are content to stay at home on Friday night and, and play video nothing. games. Yeah, It's and shocking. Yeah, it is. Well, yeah. it's, it's shocking and it's sad, isn't it? Mm-hmm. But because there's delightful people that you could go out and meet. And, and so what reasons do you not do that? Fear is one, you know, fear of rejection is one that, that we've talked about. And then we've also seen fear of commitment. Yeah. People say, well, I'm not ready to get married, so I'm not going to date. I'm not going to date, yeah. Okay, so when are you going <laughs> to, you know, well, you know. When I'm ready to. When pack, I'm ready to find a wife, I'm, I'm going to go bag one, you know. But like, hunting. I feel like I understand that in a weird sense because the pressure here feels so strong that if like yeah. you're dating someone, you have to marry them. Yeah. But then it also feels like if you're dating someone and you're not sure if you want to marry them, then it's viewed very negatively. Yeah. Of like you're wasting mm-hmm. your time or you're like wasting their time. And it's like, it's really not a waste of time. No. To like date someone and to get to know them. Because usually like you can't really know if someone's your soulmate on a first date. You no. have to date them right. to find those things out. And it do, takes time. How do we fix yeah. that? I mean, we, we spend a we lot of time. We do it one time. episode at a time. One, I, one know, episode Maybe that's what time. it is. You know, we spend a lot of time talking about that. Yeah. I mean, just trying to change that culture that just because I went out with a girl, my, my roommates, I don't need my roommates thinking we're getting mm-hmm. married or we're a couple. Right. You know, we do a silly little play sometimes in our in our live speeches or presentations, right. and we do a little silly play. But that it's kind of true because it's, it's like you go on true. one date, and all your roommates think you're getting married, and mm-hmm. everyone you know thinks you're getting married because you went on one date. Mm-hmm. So how do now, we you know, how we, do we, we fix that? We, we talk a lot about the problem, but the, that's what's good about the is just dinner program is we talk about the solution. There mm-hmm. we are. Let's and, get there. And, and and so one of the solutions, and we have seen this in changing the culture. Because since we started doing this eight years ago, <laughs> they've actually changed the the young men, young women. What do we call that? Especially, especially for, for you, especially yes. for you, the, the, for strength of youth. Yeah, for the strength of youth. Because remember, before we would go and we would meet with wards and stakes, and the young women leaders would say, "No, you're not. No single dating till after your mission." Right. Then, no, there's it, only group, group dates. Group, only group dates. But then you don't only learn how to dates. date in a safe place when you're right. young. Right. And, and then and boys go on missions, and it's like, get married the second right. they get home. And, and so that <sighs> that has changed now. Yeah, and say, say what it and, says now. And, and, and so now it's saying that the purpose of dating is to get to know people and that you shouldn't date until you're ready and that 16 is a good To, to good go time. single date. To go single date. And, I, and I, by the way, I take credit for that. Well, I think you should. <laughs> The host that, of the, the It's Just the, Dinner this, podcast. That article is, in the universe didn't give you credit yeah, for it, but they sure should have. No, they I, certainly didn't give me credit for it. Every time I meet someone, I take credit for that. So. <laughs> well, and, and so that has been... Because I've been preaching that for a yes. long time, that that's one of the biggest and, problems with the young men and young women, is that we would not let them single date. And, and, that, and, and, and at that, first just I, like Salem said, they don't learn how to date. And, and I can tell you that we were highly criticized by that by many people because... There was an attitude and belief that single dating before the mission was evil. Oh, it led to fornication. Yeah, or it would derail you from going on a mission. You might fall in love and get married. And so, and and, and you think about what we just said. The kids are scared to death. Right. 
You know, they, I don't want a single date because look at the things right. that will happen to me. Right. That definitely happened to me when I was in Young Women's. And like when you were saying like, what, like, where do you start? I think it's you start them like it's the young teaching. Right. Because like we were taught in Young Women's, like the girls that had single boyfriends, they were shamed. Right. Publicly right. Yes. in Young Women's. Yes. By, by the leaders. By the leaders yeah. consistently. And like there would be demonstrations given where they would like make like connections between if a girl had a boyfriend, she was more likely to get pregnant. And there was <laughs> yeah. all these things taught and you're so oh young. Oh my gosh. And you were just, you were terrified because. And and you, you trust your leaders. Yeah, you and know? why wouldn't you trust your leaders? Right. And then you grow up. And I remember my mom and I had a conversation about two years ago where she called me and she's like, I just want to say I'm so sorry. Thank because goodness for your she mom. was like, I'm looking back now. And at the time, we really thought this was all the right moves. Why wouldn't we yeah. look at this? And like, my parents are both essentially converts. So mm -hmm. like, why wouldn't they trust this program? And she's like, looking back now, she's like, I would do it completely differently. And she's like, I see what's going on and like the culture and everything. And she's like, I'm sorry. And so mm -hmm. I think it is these changes that the church is making in like small things. It's like turning a if cruise more ship. Positive, you know, it, we, it have a whole episode. <laughs> we have a whole episode early on where you and I took responsibility. It's the apology tour. So so your mom so, is great, but see, Tom and I have personally taken responsibility yeah. and apologized to everyone in the church for the mistakes as, of the leaders. <laughs> well, as it, it was young men's and young, young men's we leaders did this. and, and we, bishops. We, and we, it was our fault. Fathers. Um, and parents. But it wasn't the actual program of the church. You know, if yeah. you, it, that's not what the Especially for You said. That's how it was interpreted by zealots. And we were kind right. of zealots because because we were trying to prevent any speed bumps between being a deacon and going on a mission. Yeah. A and so we were so focused on missionaries, which isn't a bad thing. You know, there's a reason we did that. But I, looking back now, the thing that we neglected is the development of relationship with people of the opposite sex. Right. It is so key when you're looking at... So going on a mission is great. I mean, it's great. But a lifelong loving relationship and marriage is good, better, best, yeah. you know, that's best, <laughs> you, you know, and, and so the, the focus is now shifted to that. And whether we get to get credit for it or not, it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who gets the credit. Just give it to Tom. Wait, I'm going um, to say, what do you mean it doesn't matter? <laughs> well, I guess it does matter. <laughs> My wife says it's uh, all about Tom. So right. There, we go, so there so. you go. Your wife is right. <laughs> Listen to your wife. So the, the other aspect that I think that we have focused on this is the idea to take the pressure off of dating and have it just be about a conversation. And so that's why Tom came up with the it's just dinner idea mm -hmm. is because if you just look at it as going out to dinner with somebody and having a conversation for a period of time, that's how relationships start. Mm -hmm. and, well, and, and it does take the nervousness and the pressure well, off of that. And, and the other thing that has changed since we started doing this that Tom will take credit for here in just a minute <laughs> is the mission presidents no longer sit down with the exiting missionaries and say, Elder, go home and get married. Wait, wait let's, is that true? Yes. I did not get that talk. Okay, yeah, that's, they, yeah, I didn't get that talk. That, that has changed. Home. They, they know. In fact, they're encouraged not to do now, that. Do they? Presidents. Are they different with the? Young, we only have young women here, so I that's wondered true. if they this tell the young. No, it's that, it's. So. I have friends who are mission presidents, and they're they're they counseled do not to do okay, that good. anymore because it did create a culture here of gotta get married, gotta yeah, get married. You, gotta, you, there, there was there was some immediacy to it, you know, that you had to come and you know things like every woman you look at, you should picture her as your future wife. Ooh. I mean, just really bad advice. That explains so many <laughs> just, dates I've been on. Yeah. Yeah, those, those of you not, you know, those of you well, not watching, so, so Sophia had the biggest eye roll. Right. And, and, so. And, and so you you can't necessarily blame the young men because they were following people that they looked at as close to their parents or mm -hmm. even, or even, even higher, more and yeah. higher as their mission president. And so they were just trying to be obedient and do what they were being advised to do. 
But that's can we say this that it was bad advice be be really careful because we're trying to get one of those guys on our oh that's right we are (laughs) Uh, and so as dr tom robinson said (laughs) it's a really bad idea (laughs) to to put people in a situation where they're pressured to have a commitment before they've determined compatibility. Exactly. I think that's exactly where she started this whole conversation. And that's what I think your research showed is that we've done not only in our particular community, but in the world community, because of the media and other things, we've gone too far with, with commitment and then the compatibility we hope comes along later and a lot of times it doesn't. Some dead air right there. Yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> I concur. That's I think awesome. I think we've said it all. Yes. So now you are going to leave and you're going to go back to Ohio. Yes. And so, so are you a little nervous that you go? You know, I know you think the dating culture isn't great here, but when Just you go back to Ohio. Ohio, Ohio, you know, LeBron James even left. I mean, <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. So I'm only going to be in Ohio for the summer. So it's not long term. Oh, and then okay. hopefully I will move somewhere else. So we'll see the final destination. I okay. feel like. I'm not crazy concerned, mainly because I feel like I just go where I'm supposed to go. Right. And as much as I keep, like, I do want to eventually get married and have kids, and that's always mm-hmm. a goal, obsessing over it doesn't work. Right. And if no. things don't come naturally, then they don't come. And so I feel like it's always being open to new opportunities. But also, I think being afraid of leaving Utah is also a problem. Mm-hmm. We don't need all of us here. We need people in other places. We oh, need to build absolutely. strong communities well, other places, you know. And so mm-hmm. I think I'm... Um, I've never really been afraid of that. And actually, it was a goal of mine to leave here just like where I needed to be. And that was unmarried with the education. And that was my goal. So, I mean, I was open to anything. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I had friends that like were were graduating and they were women and they were like crying because Mm -hmm. their goal was to get married. And I always remember like, that's not why I came to college. I came to build strong relationships. And if one of those formed into something more, I was going to be happy with that. But it came to get an education and to expand my knowledge. And we'll see where that leads me in the future. Right. You know, and, and, and I think that's another thing that socially that we've put is that if you're not married in our church, that you're not part of the club. Right. Yeah. You know, I think that uh, Sister Oaks dispelled that mm-hmm. quite a bit, you know, talking about she didn't have a letterman's jacket. You know, she was, yeah. you know, and, and so I think that there's been big strides in recent years by the leadership in our church to try to correct this problem. We've done some course yes. correction. And I don't believe that any of it is the fault of the the leaders, you know, in our church at, uh, you know, at the headquarters, because I think it was the interpretation of people down the line right. that messed this up. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's where the course correction needs to take place. And I think I think we're the good news is I think we're seeing that. Yeah. And with their inspiration and this podcast, <laughs> we might just save this generation. We might. We really might. <laughs> and I, and I hope they I hope they're listening to this podcast. Well, they are. Because we because there's some people in the up there that we'd like to have on the podcast. So. Right. Well. So if you are works. if you were in Salt Lake and you'd like to be on the pod at the It's Just yes, Bender podcast, please right. reach us at the It's Just Bender podcast you know, at for, gmail.com. For all the church leaders who read the universe, you know, they'll like know subscribe. they'll know who Tom Robinson they is. Know. That's for darn sure. The host of the yes, it's the just host. Well, wow, this has been a very fascinating it has. conversation. It has. And and I, Salem, thanks so much for joining us. It's you know, it's been delightful to have you on our podcast and to know you and we wish you the very best. Uh, in your future, we've tried to recruit her several times into our master's program. Well, we will eventually. <laughs> so, eventually, thank yeah. you. I really appreciate it. Loved being on here today. Well, Thanks. thank you Good. for coming, Sophia. Thank you. Of course, yes. always a pleasure. I always learn a lot. Yes, yeah. we're we're not only are we educating the church, but we're educating Sophia. 
One episode at a one time. One episode. I, I kind of think that maybe Sophia has been educating us. I, I think <laughs> so. that, that sounds a little that we've learned more from her <laughs> way more than she's going to learn. Sophia, the from host us. of It's Just yeah, that's Oh, okay, that's a lot. And, and her co-host Tom <laughs> Robinson. <laughs> yes, I'm not quoted either. In so, the, oh, I that's true. Like that's true. You were here for the interview. We should. I we was should, here. We should start the podcast like that. <laughs> <laughs> Just well, to see people notice. Thank you so much, Sophia. Bob, thank you. Thank you. you you're it's amazing. Always, fun. always and, fun. Hey, and you know what? We're on Instagram. Salem, did you know that the It's Just Dinner podcast is on Instagram? I did not. That means you're not following us, so Salem. You have I will learned give us a follow today, okay? right You need away. to follow us. And, and we're on Instagram. And we're in Ohio. You can follow yeah. us in Ohio. Even, even in Ohio. The It's Just Dinner podcast on Instagram and TikTok. Again, a lot of funny, interesting videos being put up. We've interviewed a lot of people and had a lot of fun with that. And yeah. Those videos are going up all the time, so please follow us on on Instagram and TikTok. And again, if you have any questions, the bad date stories keep rolling oh, in, Bob. Yes. We're going to have another one of those episodes mm-hmm. soon. But you can send those to me at the It's Just Dinner Podcast at gmail.com. Well, thank you guys. Salem, again, thank you. It's a wonderful episode. Yes. yes and listen, you. you guys, just have fun out there, will you? been listening to the it's just dinner podcast produced edited mixed and recorded by some guy named glenn tom and bob's wardrobe provided by savers and deseret industries special thanks to sandy robinson and michelle walls for putting up with these two be sure to tune in to new episodes every friday for more dating tips and tricks bon appetit